Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Tribeca Film Festival Live from WNYC. I'm James Ramsey. And I'm Rachel Neal. I have a question, Rachel. What's up? What's the greatest catch of all time? I am. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. But director Spike Lee thinks it's this. Oh. Third down and five. This is Super Bowl 37, the Giants versus the Patriots. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. David Tyree, a special teams guy who'd only caught four balls that season, pins the ball against his head, comes down on the 24-yard line, and the Giants go on to beat an undefeated New England team for the Super Bowl. That's a great catch by David Tyree. And who better to make a documentary about New York sports than superfan Spike Lee? But before Spike Lee took the mic, I heard from some other fans who came to see this film at the School of Visual Arts about what made this play so special. Okay, my name is Cesar Nino. It's my wife, Sandy. It was, a, it was the last second miracle. We thought the game was lost. And then for that to happen, it was just, for, for it to happen with David Tyree, uh-huh. it was pretty awesome because who he was, just a hardworking guy, not one of those big stars. But uh, it meant a lot to, to, to the team and to fans like myself. This makes me want to go catch some footballs. <laughs> Can we hear this <laughs> panel first? Yeah, I guess. Here's Spike Lee speaking at the School of Visual Arts after his screening of the documentary, The Greatest Catch Ever. How many Giants fans we got in the house? I hope for their sake no Patriots fans had to endure it, huh? One, a couple of them. Spike, I love the way you started it, uh, talking about uh, Brady's complimenting Gronkowski's catch. It's almost like you took exception to it. Was that the inspiration for doing this film? Like, hold on, man. I understand that. As an athlete, you have to give love to your players. If you're quarterback, you have to give love to your a great catch. But to say that that was the greatest catch you ever saw, I said, nah, I got to make a film about this. That's <laughs> not the greatest catch. Maybe you weren't on the field, but that was the whole inspiration. Watching SportsCenter, ESPN, I forgot when it was. Gronkowski made that catch, and then locker room after we said that was the greatest catch he ever saw. You beg to differ. I said, hell to the knock. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to put this together? Well, it took longer. The editor, Randy Wilkins, stand up, Randy, and Randy edited the film. One of my former students at NYU, nice. NYU Mafia. But, uh, we had, I think, two shooting days. The most difficult thing was uh, scheduling, you know, because Eli's still playing, you know, coach is playing. So, uh, but it was fun. I mean, I always enjoy doing where I could just do stuff. My two loves, film and sports. And so um, I'm a Giants fan. Grew up, got to be honest, grew up a Jets fan. I'm of the age where Joe Willie Namath. That's, Namath's my guy. But uh, I was at both Super Bowls. And as I said earlier, somebody outside, the one thing I feel that diminished this film was Pete Carroll. <laughs> well, that's what I was, I, I was going to get to this that, This film would be better if the Patriots had lost. Well, but, but, but is there something <laughs> special? I, that's why I asked how long it took you, because it worked out. They're celebrating their 
you know, fourth title. But you're here as a Giants fan saying, but yeah, we still got you twice. You can't take that from us. It's kind of good that the timing worked out that way. No. <laughs> you wanted a, a win, a loss. I, first of all, I'm a New York, and I hate any team from Boston. <laughs> any team. Any team. Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, Bruins, doesn't matter. Little League, doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, did, I was talking to, to the guys, and I mean, anytime I, I see anybody who's played professional football, the first question is, why did Pete Carroll throw that ball? The ball's on the half-yard line. If anybody in the league is going to get a half-yard, it's beast mode. Mm-hmm. Why would you throw the ball and, and, and let the Patriots get a championship? Mm-hmm. I, I don't no understand idea. it. Well, it, what's interesting about that, and, and I've said this before, uh, that, that history is very much written in single space because the margin between being a footnote and being famous is, is that small. I mean, David Tyree, greatest catch ever. Are people talking about it if you don't catch the touchdown pass? Does anybody talk about Jermaine Curse's catching the Super Bowl? He almost was the next Tyree. And, they, and they're half a yard away to your point, Spike, but they don't seal the deal. So, Plax, uh, David talked about, you know, hearing the music in his head when the ball was in the air. You talked about how, how the ball was going so slow. What were you thinking when the ball was coming out? That looked like a simple catch, but we've seen people drop balls like that before. Well, I was going to drop that one because I was telling myself, I said, man, if I drop this ball, I cannot go back to New Jersey or New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I had to find a way to catch this football. And it, it, it just seemed like eternity for me because, you know, I knew the route. And like I said in the film, I didn't think that they would give me single coverage. And, yeah. and I just kind of just lit up. I was smiling, smiling on that big mouthpiece I had. And I knew the ball was coming before anybody else did. And it was just, you know, just catch it, man. Just get your feet in, bam, let's go home. Is there anything or, that David Tyree could possibly do to get that ball from you? Anything he could offer you? Come on, brother. Say it again. <laughs> Is there anything he could offer you? still fighting over that ball. I mean, anything? I mean, he, he, he gave us a world championship. I mean, he can't offer me anything else better. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, I have the football. Right. We were not going to get into that again, but but he gave us a world championship, and like I said, I wouldn't be sitting here today, and, and my catch wouldn't have happened if you know if he doesn't make that play. And I say that, you know, um, nobody else can make that play. But him, I, I couldn't have made it. Like, I couldn't have made it. At that point in time, like, you know, the stage, the moment, you know, when it happened, and the two-minute no huddle, just, uh, just everything that went into it with, you know, Eli, you know, getting out of that, you know, that sack and him throwing it. I was screaming, like, no, don't throw it. <laughs> and for him to make that catch at that time, the way it happened, uh, nobody else could have made that play at that, that time but him. Chris, what other, what other members came as you were watching um, – Watching that and, and how and looking yeah, back, and so I, I want to watch life. the whole game. Yeah, I'd like to stay I, I here. Haven't, and I haven't it. watched it yet. You haven't watched it? the whole game. I've never watched it. It's a good game, brother. I've seen it a lot. I, I know. I know. Every time you watch it, the case. I want you to know I, we won. Yeah, I, I know it was a good game. I was there. Can I? Can I? Can I make a confession? Since we all, you know, friends and family here. Um, everybody remembers where you were when certain moments like that happened. You know where I was? Asleep. I had partied the night before in Phoenix, didn't have to cover the game, flew back first thing in the morning. This was pre- remember, this was pre-Twitter, pre-social media. There was TiVo. I told my wife, I was like, let me, let me recuperate. I'm jet lagged. I'm going to wake up and watch from the beginning like I never saw it. And then the next thing I hear is, oh, my God. I'm like, what? They just beat the Patriots. It was right after you caught a touchdown pass. So I was like, I guess I'll go ahead and rewind it and <laughs> watch the ending of it. 
But I didn't see it live. I, I could not have imagined what it would have been like. Cause remember, and, and I love the way you brought in Odell Beckham into this kind of brought it full circle. Mm-hmm. That broke Twitter. That pretty much broke Twitter. Like everybody was tweeting about that catch. I can only imagine what Twitter would have been like had your play been around, had been around when your play happened, David. No, I can't. I can't imagine. I'm like, man, these jokers. They, they got this social media thing going. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, like I said, you know, when you when I look at the magnitude, and I said this often, the magnitude of the catch. What it brought to New York City, 17 years waiting for another championship, yeah. me being from Jersey. You know, listen, I'm a humble recipient. You know, like, you know, you, you, can't, write this, you can't write the script any better for a guy like myself. Yeah. So, you know, you know, and then, like I said, you can't take that much credit. It's not like I was practicing that, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, just, I just take it, uh, as, receive it as a blessing, man. And, you know, I think the best part is the, the best memories that stir up are, are, are these guys, the, the kind of guys that we went to war with, the team. Resolve the clowns and uh, your great moments. I just like to give a shout out to Rodney Harrison. Absolutely, because he was usually guys of correct if I'm wrong. Guys of too much pride to say what he said. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't getting paid for or nothing. So you know, he did a big solid because Mm -hmm. you just can't have all giants in this. Well, what did you did you ask for any other Patriots or try to get any other ones? Nah, or? he was the one. He was he was the only one you wanted. Yeah, the uh, one. I mean, who else going to do it? I mean, he's on air, so I know him a little bit. Yeah. But to have, you got to have the Patriots side of this, and, yeah. and I think that he. And I want to thank Rodney for doing it because no it really balances it out. But otherwise, it's like we're great, we're great, we're great, we're great, we're great. But he was honest, and those. That's why I'm still mad they won that. I mean, they. <laughs> <laughs> They should not another. They should not have another Super Bowl. I'm sorry. You are. <laughs> you are they, can't, they can't live. Huh? <laughs> they can't they can't, they, we beat them twice. Yeah, you always yeah. have that. But uh, Rodney was very, very. I mean, uh, he told me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he was to say it on camera. We started rolling. He said, "Spike, before you came here, I went in my closet. I started praying. Because he didn't. He didn't. We shot in his home. We flew to Atlanta for this." So we invite us in his home. It's almost like it was almost like a confession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and very, I mean, very often, there's a lot. There's a, the, do you get to hear from the loser? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, they might say, well, they, they're a better team, but that, that was like those were like really hard, raw feelings that he's going to feel that way till mm-hmm. the rest yeah. of his life. Uh, seven yeah. years later, too. Yeah, seven years later, seven years and it's later. not going to change it's twenty not, years from change. now. Yeah, that's why I was asking if you had tried to get other ones because I'm sure most of them is still too painful to discuss. Chris, I'll ask you. know Belichick was saying that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Chris, I'll ask you this. Um, Obviously, you would not give anything back, but just watching a guy like Rodney Harrison, knowing what all of you guys put into your profession, did any small part of you, you know, feel sorry for him? Just looking at him saying, man, like, I couldn't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I know you never give it back, but, I mean, he's clearly still struggling with it. I mean, I respect what he's saying. I agree with it, but I don't feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. There's not one part of me. Part of it. No. I'm I'm, I'm rolling with him. Do do y'all have any losses throughout y'all career that you guys feel that way about, that are so painful that, you know, Mm. even just to think about it kind of gets you (sighs) emotional? I, mean, I don't yeah. think you can have anything that can really remotely compare. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's what makes, you know, it's so great, it's so sweet a victory, so sour a loss. Right. You know, uh, you know, and obviously 18-0 and 0 Patriot team, they had a lot on the line, and, you know, we felt like we had just as much on the line. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
it's one of those things where, you know, that was actually the first time, you know, and obviously it's been seven years and me, me catching some games from time to time. That's the first time I've actually seen him have some kind of humility towards the situation, <laughs> you know. And Rod, like, Rodney? Yeah, it's the first time. And, I, and I, trust me, I understand now. You know, I, I, too, I totally understand. So you've had, you've, 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 you've yeah. met him afterwards, right? Oh, many, yeah, on a few, on a few. It's just like, um, my thing is, I don't believe in luck, personally. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, so I just don't believe, like, you know, luck is like finding $20, maybe, you know, sitting here in this theater. That's, that's, that's a lucky day. But um, I just believe that, you know, that, that, that life is what, what is presented. I believe that, you know, everything has purpose in, in its life, whether it's negative, whether it's positive. And, um, you know, so, so, so to chalk it up as luck is like a, it's like a low ball. To me, that's, that's like, you know, just, just the irony of, of something like that. I mean, is it skill? I'm not, I'm not going as far as say this is skill because you can, you can practice and, and work up skill. But not to diminish it as something just as, as, as low ball as, you know, you know, somebody finding five bucks on the street walking, nah. We're not going to go that route. But, you know what, it was, it was refreshing. I was happy. I'm, you know, like I said, I, I know the pain. I can imagine the pain. Mm -hmm. I don't know it, but I can imagine. Right, and and you certainly wouldn't want to be on the other side of it. Plex, no. didn't you didn't you call seventeen fourteen during the week? If I'm uh, not mistaken. Oh, didn't you had a uh, prediction during that week, right? Uh, it was twenty three seventeen. Twenty three seventeen was your prediction. Yeah, right? hey, it's, it's crazy with this whole number seventeen thing because um, you know I signed with the New York Giants on uh, March seventeen two thousand five, and playing in the Super Bowl, the Giants hadn't won a Super Bowl in seventeen years. I predicted 23-17, and we won 17-14, and I wore the number 17. No accidents. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, that, that plays with me. It's like, it's crazy. But, yeah, I, I actually predicted, and then, and then Tom Brady, you know, got on TV and laughed at me and mm -hmm. said he wished, we, he wished I would have said 47-44 or something. Yeah. But they didn't even score 15 points. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I won that one, too. Obviously, the organization went on to win another one against the same team a couple of years later. Chris, from your perspective, how much did that win in the way 42 took place? How did it just catapult the organization as we know it, or how did it change the culture, just not being able to say, hey, we're Super Bowl champions here? And in terms of Coach Coughlin in particular going forward, he's still there, still kicking. He's still there, and that, really that was a year where, you know, he was, it was a prove-it year for him. I mean, if we didn't make the playoffs, and, and uh, he was gone. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we wouldn't have had that victory, the, the one to follow. Um, yeah, but we, we, guys up here, we, we set the standard for, you know, for the, what we expect out of that organization and just the, the, winning, the winning ways. And, uh, you know, it's, it's painful to watch the, the past few years, and I'm sure these guys feel too. Yeah, I mean, you should be a Knicks fan. <laughs> I, I am. I am. That got to be rough. It's rough um, right now, man. It just, I mean, the culture yeah. uh, of the New York Giants uh, started then. You're listening to the Tribeca Film Festival Live podcast from WNYC. Coming up after the break, we'll hear more from Spike Lee and David Tyree discussing football and filmmaking. Spike, was there anything uh, that you would have wanted to put in there but just decided, you know what, it's better without it, something on the cutting room floor that was interesting? No, we had to, to fight to get this length. So uh, we, uh, I'm happy with it. It's one of the greatest moments in uh, sports. I was happy to be there with my son. And uh, we were there for the following Super Bowl. And it's, it's great when, you know, you can share moments like that with I me. Mean, the reason why I love sports is because of my father. 
And so you do that with, you know, your children too. It's just great. And uh, we just need some more winning teams in New York now. <laughs> the Rangers do it, but other, other sports, we're like, we're dying here in New York. As a, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, do you think a lot of a lot of your peers, a lot of people who do what you do, would have continued on and discussed Manningham and Beckham or just stopped it with David Tyree's catch? What, what was the rationale behind tying all three of these catches together instead of just the one greatest catch ever? Well, I thought that we can include the other two catches in it, but this you know, it had to be built around Tyree's catch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, we want to take some questions from the audience. Hi guys. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for your victory. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the film. Great movie. Thank you. Um, I just want to ask something. You talked about humility before, David, and about how Rodney Anders Harrison basically accepted what happened. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about those commentators? I won't name the city, like Boston, um, <laughs> and I won't name a network, say like ESPN, who uh, who basically have made excuses for the Patriots, who basically said you guys lucked out. Like Bill Simmons, always he's crazy. That's one, by the way, that's one guy. You can't say, like, ESPN. Or maybe, or maybe one person. Or, or I could say Peter... Right, well, not just ESPN, but maybe... maybe uh, I remember Peter King ranked uh, the, the, the 2008 Patriots as the best team of the decade, which I don't agree with, because they, the jo- they didn't get the job done. So, I mean, how do you feel about that perception that you guys... that you guys basically lucked out, which, of course, you didn't, of course, but I mean... Uh, but it kind of makes me mad as a New York fan that, uh, that people try to downplay your victory. Yeah. I mean, like, personally, you know, it doesn't do me any harm. I got, a, I got the ring. Yep. Show them the ring. Show them the ring. I got me a ring, you know. So, say, I mean, like, say what they want, huh? from a personal perspective, you know, but I, but I get it. I mean, I think, you know, there's some measure of resentment that goes along with it. I think a lot of people, I think it spoiled the plans of a lot of people, you know, and that maybe whether it was their own sports team, whether they had their own biases, you know, people, you know, you watch Tom Brady be great for so long, you, you, you become a fan even as, a, as, a, as an analyst, you know. So, I think... Maybe that's part of it, but at the end of the day, you know, the best team won that day. They won twice. They did it again. Got a gentleman over here. I just had a question for Spike. Uh, as a young filmmaker, what's the best, insp- you know, just, I guess, um, what would you say is the best influence you had in your life to prosper with your film? Career and uh, also sorry for almost taking your seat at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't know I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was uh, young. When I was young, I wanted to play second be- second base for New York Mets, but genetics conspired against that. <laughs> that happened. I had the heart. I was the rah rah guy, lead off, you know, that type of thing. But I'm, I am where I need, needed to be, where I want to be. But for, if you want to be a young filmmaker, I think young filmmakers learn how to write. That's the most important thing. Mm. Write, 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 write. Spike, I had a question for you. Uh, I really like the film, by the way. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Um, I was curious, why didn't you show any live footage? Footage? Yeah, of the, you know, Because the NFL time. films, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to deal with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. They they guard that footage like I did a documentary on Jim Brown, and Jim Brown had to call the commissioner for us to get footage of him. Hmm. So I didn't want to deal with them. 
So I we just you used did it as a favor to me. Again? <laughs> I thought you did it as a favor to me. <laughs> I would not do that. That's crazy. Now, NFL Films, not worth it. We didn't have time enough to, or money enough to get footage. So stills, I think, it still works with stills. Chris, do you and Eli still laugh about that, that possibility? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, and now it's gotten to the point, you know, with my kids being older, they'll, they'll bust my chops about it, too. And, <laughs> and I'll defend myself the way I did in the video. Right. Well, just wait till this, this gets aired nationwide. I did my ESPN. job. I did my job. Yeah. Be great. But I mean, but Junior bailed, right? He I mean, bailed. You know, you he bailed. <laughs> My buddies didn't get beat so That's quickly. That's a plus right there, right? That's a plus on the gray street. But you know, it, it was not luck, but it certainly there were a lot of things that uh, that had to work together had to work for together. you guys to uh, to be where you are. I'm still trying to process or figure out which was the most unlikely. And I think the, is Eli getting out of that, and not just that. I mean, officials are so quick with the whistling, protecting quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a big stage. Yeah, it's surprising that Mike Carey didn't even just blow the play dead. But Eli getting out of that and escaping to get it up to Tyree. Yeah, I thought it was. Gonna, I thought the referee was going to blow the whistle and like claim him in the grasp, and you know, it was going to be the next play. I thought it was like third and ten or something. Yeah, but the ref can't—he can't make that call right there. Though. You would like to hope he got to swallow his whistle. He, 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 he charged in. He was about to. He charged. He charged in. He was about to. Yeah, I, that's the way I kind of share it. I, I said, listen, I think that's what made the greatest play is hands down. Is you know, at that time, you know, Eli had his own reputation. It wasn't all great at that time. You can kind of blow on Eli, and he might fall to the ground back there. And that, you know, that wasn't the uh, <laughs> that wasn't the new and improved. You know, 2011. Right. <laughs> he was just coming out, you know, that was, that was young Simba right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the mics are, got a couple up here when y'all get up in the front. Uh, thank you guys for making, Spike, thank you for making this movie. You're it was welcome. amazing. Thank you guys for being giants and bringing two, t- two titles to the city. I think we all appreciate that, right? And uh, Chris Nee, if, if you had uh, done that, if you had gotten that block, as you should have, I guess. <laughs> oh, you missed the whole film, man. Things, things would have been a lot different. And uh, how do you feel about that? You didn't listen uh, to a word I said. In my <laughs> I, when I saw it live, I was caught up in Eli escaping and the catch. I mean, if yeah, if there was perfect protection. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. Just, he didn't so miss the block. Guys. I didn't miss the block. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> That's great. Well, you see, uh, <laughs> Uh, this is a question for Spike. I'm a Brazilian film critic. I want to know, um, and I just uh, have to say that uh, Django Fever and Marco X just changed my life, so uh, I have Thank to you. make compliments mm-hmm. to you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, do you have any other new project, uh, not commissioned, but that you will show to another? Story? Uh, your oh, yeah, I got story? a lot more stories. Uh, so what's... what's uh, don't, I don't talk about stuff where it doesn't happen, though. I heard that. You got anything Thank coming you. about the Knicks? No. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, thank you so much for everything. I'm back here. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, David Tyree, um, you discussed... Also, Rodney Harris, also, I'm, I'm a Christian as well, and you discussed your pastor... Um, sort of making those declarations about what you were going to do in the game. And how do you feel that what she said to you played a role in 
um, the greatest catch ever? Well, I think it was direct. You know, um, it's very simple, man. I, I'm just a normal Christian. I'm born again. You know, it's kind of, I love Jesus radically. And uh, she, was, she had been a part of my life. She wasn't my pa- pastor, but she'd been a part of my life. And, um, and what was pretty neat about that, and, and I'm still going to fish out the local Arizona paper, but, you know, the paper the next day gets to the catch, talks about the catch toward the end of the article and says the world will no longer remember him as a special teams player, but as a receiver who made the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. Mm. And what it, te- what, it, what it does for me personally is it, it reminds me that my God's alive. Mm. You know, my God is alive. I don't serve a, a dead God. I serve a God that's personal, that actually cares about me as, a, as an individual to the point that it would impact an entire, you know, sports, sports contest. And so, um, you know, it, it wasn't by surprise. It wasn't by happenstance. It was foretold, and it was in the mind of God. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm a humble recipient of something that really transcends the game of football, and I get a chance to impact people's life because of it. Amen. Um, just, you guys, Flat, start with you. Like, how did this change your life personally, uh, catching the game with a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Man, I, I don't think I really understood the magnitude of it until we got back to, uh, to New Jersey. You know, um, you know, I woke up that morning and I came downstairs and the first person I saw was John Mara and he was like, you know, it was, it was just a great moment. You know, let, let's celebrate, have fun, let's you know, try to do it again next year. And the first call I got that morning was from uh, Jerome Bettis. <clears throat> he was like, it feels good, doesn't it? And I was like, man, you, you have no idea what that, what that feeling is. And, you know, we flew from Phoenix to, to um, back to New Jersey. And you know, I, I expected it for it to be, you know, a little rowdy. But but when we when we landed in Newark, I mean, we was going Turnpike North, and all the traffic on the Turnpike South was stopped, and people were, like standing on top of their cars. Yeah. And I was like, man, this this might get out of hand a little bit. You know? <laughs> and, um, and like, you see, like. A million, two, three million people had a parade, and you know, it just, you know, we didn't understand the magnitude of it until we got back here, and then we went over to the stadium after the parade, and I'm, I'm pulling my truck up in the uh, in the parking lot, and the, the fans out there tailgating like we got a game. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, this, we just want to see where the game is over, but they was out there in their tents, they was barbecuing, having a good time, so I'm driving my car, you know, trying to get to the to the stadium. And they're like pushing my car back and forth, like right. rocking. Yo, stop! You're gonna flip my truck over. <laughs> but yeah, um, but you know, it was just a, a moment that you know you can't you know really explain it mm-hmm. because as a as a child, you know, growing up, you know, you can't live it or draw it up any better than, than how it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, game when the Super Bowl catch. I mean, what about. what kid that. Play football doesn't want to, you know, do it in that fashion. Yeah. What about you, Chris? None of us knew what to expect. You know, like like Plax is talking about, you dream about it, but you don't know until it actually happens. And um, I mean, that first Super Bowl, it went by so fast. You know, I'm telling, I was on the bus heading back to the hotel after we won. I didn't know what happened after the game. You know, it was like, so that's why I'm thankful I got to go through it again. Mm-hmm. And I really tried to soak it all in more. Uh, you know, stayed out on the field and. You know, just tried to slow things down, even though things were so fast. And um, but it, it doesn't. It didn't hit me the first time until the, the parade coming back here, and just the, I mean the people that were lined up in the side streets and you know confetti flying. It was uh, it was something special.
Chris, I'm sorry, uh, Spike, what um, the New York championships that you've been around for and the teams you rooted for, what is it that makes this particular team, this group, this story uh, so special compared to some other New York champions? Because they played and defeated supposedly the greatest <laughs> team ever. I'm tired of hearing about Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm tired. I mean, the golden boy. Man. And next time I see Pete Carroll. <laughs> Can you, would you ever do a film about that play? Or that, that situation? No. <laughs> That's too painful, huh? You know, yeah, you won't be interviewing Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I think sure. if any, if that would be like, one second. You know, if if anybody can get Marshawn to talk as you, <laughs> no, no, Marshawn would probably be as loquacious as ever with yeah. you. Yeah. I think you can get him to talk. But I mean, that's I, for me. New York City is the greatest city in the world, and when we, when you were able to, to experience where the, the many you know the years the Yankees are winning, I was at the Buckner game in '86 when the Mets beat the Red Sox and. I'm old enough to be the, you know, the Knicks win their first world championship. So, I mean, this, if, they can tell you more than I can. But this, if you win, this is the greatest place in the world. Yeah. And we know how to – I mean, Joe Namath still can't – he can't spend money here in New York City. No one's going to let him pay for anything. Willis Reed, I mean, if you do something here, uh, I need to have that good. problem. What? I said, I need that problem. <laughs> yeah. You mean you, it ain't work you, out for me like that. I know. <laughs> really? Figure something out here. Wait a before. second. Wait a it's second. It's less the football players because of the helmets. So it's quarterback of the family. Wait a second. You mean to tell me your money is good in New York? Man, you, you, it's you good. bought a meal? Listen, they they happy. They happy to pull that check out. Good. good. Well, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, you know, we, me and Antonio Pierce went out to eat when we when we first got back, yeah. and um, it was just me and him. We said, you know, we just gonna go to Del Frisco get mm-hmm. something to eat. I think we had just received our rings, and you know, we was you know, sporting them around. And me and him, we literally walked into Del Frisco's, and we got a standing ovation. Wow. And I was like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a great feeling. Yeah. It was just me and him, and they sent us about, like, 30 bottles of champagne. I'm like, who's going to drink all of this? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, was, it was a great feeling. That's good. Yeah. Who was some of the – Chris, I, I, you know, obviously as an offensive lineman, and you was so nice to tell your perspective, but it's different in the wide receiver making the catches, catching touchdowns, scoring, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, or the quarterback, as Spike talked about. Who are some of the other unsung heroes? Rodney gave a shout-out to, to Spags uh, from your perspective, Chris. People that, without their contributions to even the greatest catch ever or Plax's play or throughout the game that not enough people really talk about that made that game possible for you guys to win. Uh, I mean, the film referred to it, but I mean, our defensive line played great, yeah. you know, the entire game. I saw. Um, you know, what they did to Logan Mankins at left guard, who, pro Bowl player, mm-hmm. and, you know, what Justin Tuck did to him throughout the course of that game, uh, it was impressive. I mean, because that's a guy who rarely get, gets beat, but, uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, the offensive line played pretty well, with the mm-hmm. exception of that, uh, that one play. <laughs> but that's all right. It wasn't a sack. It was all good. It no. was added to the drum. You're listening to the Tribeca Film Festival Live podcast from WNYC. Coming up after the break, we'll hear more from Spike Lee and David Tyree discussing football and filmmaking. Can I ask a question? What was the game plan that against Brady? Just hit him? Hit him. Destroy. Yeah, just the pressure on him up the middle. So he doesn't hold up too good under pressure. Or any quarterback. No quarterback. Yeah, that's, no that's, quarterback. that's on the game plan every week. I think the most impressive thing about it was that we didn't blitz them. Like, mm-hmm. They just beat them up front with four guys. Yep. 
And when you can beat them up front with four guys and get pressure up the middle. So let's, let's name the four guys up front. OZ, Strahan, Tuck, Tuck. Yeah, Jay Alpha made a couple you know, big plays. You throw some tackles in there. You had Fred Robbins and Barry Fred Cofield. Robinson, Barry Cofield, yeah. Jay Alpha. Had a good they just rotation. dominated the offensive line, right? Sure did. They did. They did. That was a blueprint. Got one in the back. Hey, guys, what's happening? Oh, Chris Nee, Plax, thank you for everything that you's done. Hey, Plax, you're in. That's plates. Right, plates. I don't have my plates on me. Dave, Spike, great movie, by the way. Thank you. Please make giant films for the rest of your life. <laughs> 50 more. Don't worry about NFL films. Dave, this is for you. So, but prior to the Super Bowl that week, Tumor said you dropped everything. Okay. You had the worst week of practice. So many variations to the day. So, t- yeah. so tell us. What was your mind frame going into the game, and how did you change it to, obviously, you didn't drop anything? Yeah. I'll say it this way. Um, you know, after the game, I think, uh, I'm not sure if I heard it this way, but uh, I'm not sure if Eli was talking to Peyton. But, you know, the backdrop to one of the stories is that, you know, he said, listen, I told you he's a gamer. And, um, and for me, listen, I, don't have, I can't waste opportunity. You know, Plax might be able to drop the ball, and they're coming right back whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, I'm just, so I'm just telling you like it is. Me on this. You, know, you know what I mean? So, I mean, he could drop one and then coming right back at him because he earned that. But for me, I, I, I can't do that. So, I mean, hey, I just had my worst practice, you know. But that, bad practice is going to come. Usually bad practice mean I drop, you know, two balls, not six. So, um, it didn't affect my mentality in any way. You know, Eli actually did come after me and say, listen, man, I know you'd be ready. You know, we're going to be coming at you. You know, a little vote of confidence. But um, at the end of the day, you know, when the lights is on, we're going to play ball. Hey, we, we actually had a chant going on the sideline. After he dropped about three, we was like, beat him up, ball, beat him up, ball, beat him up, ball, beat him up. Yeah, man. Yeah, I definitely had some better days. Let's just say that much. Look, look what was right around the corner, though. Absolutely. It, it set you up it for beautiful. it. Diamond in the rough, baby. Diamond yeah. in the rough. It was beautiful. There anybody else waiting? Hi, guys. Uh, congratulations on the video. It was great. Uh, my question's for the players, really. At the, immediately after the game, you know, what did Coach Coughlin say to you guys afterward? Like, what was that speech like um, after everything you know, happened? What speech? There was no speech. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even it was, remember it. It was like, it was a blur. It was like, wah, it was wah, like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Get in the shower, put your clothes on, let's go home. Yeah. Well, wait, what was the party like? It was, it was also you know, a blur. <laughs> what happens here stays there. Hey, you know what? Like we was, it was, it was so, it was so much chaos going on. And we was on the bus and going back to the hotel, and we was like celebrating, going crazy. And I turned, I looked back, and Antonio Pierce has on his whole uniform. <laughs> he never got undressed. Never undressed. Yo, he had on the shoulder pads, cleats. I'm like, hey. what are you doing? He said, I'm not taking this off. He's smart, oh, smart man. dude too. Oh, can't take, can't take a shower or nothing. Smelling, smelling terrible. But, but it was the greatest smell you ever smelled. Oh, my. I got this whole uniform. Oh, but man. That, that, uh, the hotel was just, it was, we had That's a That's crazy. We had Do you remember who performed for the party? Usually they have, like, a big musical act, right? I think, um. Did we have plans like that? I don't know. I saw, um, I forget his name. I heard more about the Patriots after the party than ours. Yeah. Came to uh, perform. Good. 
going back to Plax's prediction, I know a lot of the talk pregame was about 19-0. It was all about the Patriots. Chris and David, what were your thoughts as players on Plax bringing the attention to you guys? What did Coach Coughlin say behind doors about the prediction? Uh, I, don't, he, he, I don't know if he addressed it with Plax, but he never spoke about it with the team, I don't think. And um, the way we were is if a player came out and said something, we, we have his back. You know, that's, that's what made we were We were a team. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think Plax referred to it in the film. There was really no superstars. I mean, there were guys who were, you know, made a name for themselves. But I mean, we were just guys who worked hard and loved to play football, and we played it the right way. So, you know, we always had each other's back. Yeah, I definitely. It was definitely that same way. You know, now listen, man, this this is it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're taking the stage for the biggest game. Why shrink back now? So, you know. Let it all hang out, and, and 17 was great at doing that, and we were ready to go to war. It was great. i tell you what, I won't show him to lose. That was for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know what else is interesting about it besides the Patriots winning and, you know, the timing? I know you said it would have been better if they would have lost to drop this, too. A uh, lot of discussion and controversy um, just on what constitutes a catch in the NFL these days. So it's perfect time to have this documentary about the Giants have three of the greatest in history, the most improbable, given all things that went into it, maybe the most improbable in history in any game by David Tyree. That was definitely a catch. Like, I, I, it's still even just watching you pin it on your helmet. It defies physics. It, it defies explanation. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my sports science. You know, I want to see what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, what man. happened with that investigation? The flake gate? Uh-oh. Yeah. Good question. Good question. What date is this? I have no idea. What's the date today? Today is the, the 19th, April 19th. April. When did the thing start? I'm good. I'm good. I, the, the, the investigation started before the Super Bowl. Like this, huh? Before the Super Bowl. So I, I think it's clear to everybody, you enjoy doing this documentary as much because you love the Giants, as if not more because you hate the Patriots. It's not equal, but it's up to <laughs> It's a toss-up, it feels like. But you're right. That, 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 those results need to happen. I mean, it's like. It's, it's crazy. It's like, I just forget, I didn't, I, I didn't even think about it until just now. Yeah. When are they going to finish this investigation? I don't know, but, I, but I, honestly, I cannot imagine. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, now, how can you come out, if you're the NFL, and I, listen, not to either A, be naive or B, uh, come up with some conspiracy After theory, the but what would, it, what would it be like if you say, yeah, they were wrong. They did something wrong. Like, what are they going to do now? That would be unbelievable. Final? You know what I mean? Like for the, so for take the some draft picks. Leave. They did it before. That's why it's going to be after the draft. What are you going to do? Send them a letter? If, if that would have. Nah, he could call. Commissioner could call Kraft on speed dial. If, it, if they came out with results <laughs> that, they, that they illegally tampered with the ball, that'd be the worst crisis the league is ever. Because nobody's just going to see a draft pick. They're going to go back to the Colts game and the Super Bowl that people are going to say they shouldn't even been in in the first place. And? It's going to be awful if they, if they come out with confirmation. Who would that be punishment for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Spike would be down with that. <laughs> but seriously, they gotta. It's just like they're not like it didn't even happen now. Right? It's over. Yes. Need some answers or some closure, something like that. Can't mess that money. Oh. Do we have our microphone? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, okay, you got it. Um, okay, cool. Hey, uh, Chris, this may help you out with the line, but uh, on the game-winning touchdown to Plex, the key to that was there was single coverage. 
and they ran a blitz. I mean, I don't know. Do you remember the blitz? Do you remember, you know, did anybody, I mean, you guys, that had to be one of Belichick's specials. He dialed it up. I mean, did somebody pick up somebody or I know Seattle we, we had a or? twist on, on the right side. So um, usually with that comes some pr- type of pressure off the edge. I don't remember exactly. Uh, I do remember that I was blocking someone and I didn't get a good view. Let's get up a Chris. But uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I was surprised when I looked up and saw the ball going in Flax's direction because you never expect one-on-one coverage out there. You've, you've, been, you've been a great zero. What, it was, yeah. yeah, you've been yes, sure you don't expect it. It. Mismatch, right? It, Beyond it was, mismatch. Yep. It was unbelievable. Yep. Chris, you, you've been, Chris, you've been a good sport about that. About that. Um, but <laughs> just fo- seriously, piggybacking off of that, and you're an offensive lineman, and y'all are not the ones to brag on yourselves, what would you say was your best play in that game? Was it the fourth and one conversion? I'm, I'm proud Jacobs? of that play, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um, anytime short yardage, goal line, fourth and one with the game on the line, you know, for them to call a run play right behind you shows their confidence in you. And then Vince Wilfork's in front of me, who outweighs me by 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I was able to not, you know, I, I did a pretty sweet job. Sweet. There you go. There you go. I got you, but Chris, <laughs> let me ask you a question. If it's a ball on a half yard line, <laughs> he won't let it go. <laughs> and the shame. coach calls a pass. How do you take that? Is that not confidence That's, offensive line? We would have gone absolutely berserk. Right. Offensive line, right? We, yeah. yeah. O'Hara, Soybert, Kareem, all of us. When we came to the sideline, we would have gone right to Gilbride. Let me ask you a question. When you said, "Don't run that play in the huddle." Offensive line? You, I mean, he would have called the play. I mean, we can't change the play in the huddle, but there would have been some I choice just, words just thrown out there. Just throw it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how. That is a half yard line. <laughs> that's, that's how. That one of the, still one of the great mysteries. Yep. One of the great mysteries of all time. Spike, you heard about that. You, you, you more hurt than Seahawks fans. Conspiracy theory, huh? About that play. He is really hurt. I understand it. <laughs> and, and Pete Carroll hasn't. His explanation, I don't. It doesn't I don't, help. Him. I'm not. It's yeah. not. Nope. Well, hey, uh, we are out of time. I'm told, but uh, thank you guys for coming out. Spike, thanks for a great film. Thank you, everyone. New York Giants. New York Football Giants. Thank it. you guys. You're listening to Tribeca Film Festival Live from WNYC. On the next episode, leading science and media writers on the very awesome future of storytelling.